So today, can you give me the, the title page real quick? Yes. I seen this and I was just like, man, I love it, especially for what I'm going to be talking to you about. So it says, don't take the bribe, he lives. And then if you see up there, that's what you would call hush money. And that's the title of my message today, hush money. Don't take the bribe, he lives. I'm going to be speaking to you out of Matthew 28. So if you want to get your Bibles, your electronic devices, get them all prepared and ready to go, Matthew 28. I'm going to be in the message version. So uh, please join me there if you have your electronic devices. If you don't, you will be able to follow along with no problems in any other version, I believe. So. Have you ever watched a movie? One of those like really epic style movies. Star Wars or <laughs> Superman or uh, any, any of the, the, the Marvel character movies. And specifically with Star Wars, they do this thing that's called a um, prequel. You have the movie and then they do a prequel and a prequel goes back to give you some, some understanding of how things began. But then in some of the movies, they'll do like this story, it starts out and everything's moving and they, they stop and they do a flashback, this epic flashback to give you a complete understanding of what is going on and how they got to this point. And these things are all set up so that we can understand the story in depth, so that we can feel every part of this storyline. Well, today I'm going to enter into the story in a place that we are most not typically uh, used to on Easter morning. How many here have heard the resurrection story before? I was about to say, we've got some work to do, Pastor Jeff. Um, so I'm going to start right after that. Is that okay with you? Is it okay with you that you came to Easter Sunday and I'm not jumping into the resurrection story? Is that okay with you? Yeah. I'm stepping, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I am going to talk about Jesus dying on the and waking up again, okay? Don't worry and coming back. I'm going to talk about that. It's important. It's the most important story. But I want to share something with you because here's the thing. We live in a world today where it's difficult to remember what Jesus did for us. It's difficult because the enemy is always trying to attack us. He's always trying to distract us. And he's always trying to pull us away from our center point, the place where we need to be and stay. And that is with Jesus. And sometimes when you hear something, often it, it loses the power. It loses the effect on you because 
in no way, shape, or form has the resurrection of Jesus Christ lost any kind of power. But we don't give it the attention that it deserves sometimes. So, today I'm going to tell you a story, a piece of history, if you will. So I want you to sit back and to hear more than you've heard before. Hopefully to hear it differently than you've heard it before. Go with me to Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 11. The guards. The guards. Meanwhile, the guards had scattered but a few of them went into the city and told the high priest everything that had happened. They called a meeting of the religious leaders and came up with a plan. They took a large sum of money and gave it to the soldiers, bribing them to say his disciples came in the night and stole the body while we were sleeping. Let me remind you where we're at. Jesus has died. They've buried him. And the tomb was rolled away. And he was no longer there. I'm going to start that over one more time. Meanwhile, all of this has taken place. And meanwhile, the guards had scattered Put yourself there. This has just went down. There has to be some confusion. The guards had scattered, but a few of them went into the city and told the high priest everything that had happened. They called a meeting of the religious leaders and came up with a plan. They took a large sum of money and gave it to the soldiers, bribing them to say his disciples came in the night and stole the body while we were sleeping. They assured them, if the governor hears about your sleeping on duty, we will make sure you don't get blamed. The soldiers took the bribe and did as they were told. That story cooked up in the Jewish high council is still going around today. Give me the definition. Bribe. Give me the noun first, if you will. Bribe. To influence. So now, remember, noun is person, place, or thing. To influence the judgment or conduct of someone with or as if with offers of money or favor to induce or influence by or as if by bribery. Give me the verb. Bribe. Money or favor given or promised in order to influence the judgment or conduct of a person in a position of trust. Something that serves to induce or influence. 
those guards were eyewitnesses to the greatest miracle we will ever know. Now, you're not really understanding me. Those guards were sitting at the face of the tomb, the mouth of the tomb. They were sitting there. They were the ones that pushed it closed. You ever close the door and the door open on you and nobody else is around? Me neither. I hope not. Because exactly what you're thinking is exactly what they were thinking. They pushed the tomb closed. We're not talking about a door. We're talking about a large rock, boulder. I don't know, right? We've all seen the pictures that people have painted. They pushed it closed. They were sure that it was closed, and they stood guard there until they fell asleep. And then they woke up, and it was open, and not only was it open, they're freaking out. They run down to the city. They're like, okay, he's gone. It happened. He's gone. And they said, hold on, please. Okay, fellas, what are we going to do about this? How, how are we going to take care of this? I, I've got an idea, sir. I've got an idea. Let's just give them some money and tell them to say something else. Wonderful idea. You get a raise. You're promoted. <laughs> Bring them in. All right, gentlemen, this is what you're going to do. You're going to shut up. We're going to give you money, and you won't die. Well, excuse me, sir. Die? Why would we die? Because you were the one on guard, and he's gone. Like, you fell asleep. Right? Right? Okay, sir. Anybody here going to be like, no? You know what I'm saying? Like, you die, or you get some money. What do you think? You know? Like, it was an easy call for them, they felt. So they took it. They did it. They had no idea. No, no, no. I can't believe that. They knew exactly the depth, the, I don't know, what, the hugeness. I don't, like, they knew that they were, this was huge, but it was life or death. Why? I'm going to get into that. I can't jump ahead. They, they were eyewitnesses. They experienced the power of God. They experienced the power of God in all of its greatness. They had to have heard about this man, Jesus, and his proclamation. Because it wasn't, he didn't just, I'm not going to jump ahead. They could have been like, listen to me. They could have been like 
the yeast that leavens the whole lump. Anybody ever here heard that warning that we should not be, we should not let sin act like the yeast that leavens the whole lump? In this situation, this could have been a good thing. The very few of them, the very few of them could have affected the whole Roman Empire. The very few of them. What else, what else had they experienced? What else had they experienced just days before? Think about it. What had they just heard, seen, and been a part of just days before? Okay, so, so maybe they weren't there. Maybe they were a group of the soldiers. Maybe they had just come in on, off of vacation. They didn't know what had just happened. But surely they heard about it. Surely they heard about it. There's no way in the world that the biggest news going around is not heard of by the very group of people, meaning soldiers, that carried it out. That's not the way it works. I know a couple, a couple soldier friends, a couple people who were in the military, and when something big happens, it goes through to every person, especially when it's important. They knew who this man was. Just in case you forgot though. Just in case you forgot. The Savior. Pilate wishing to release Jesus again called out to them. But the crowd all shouted, crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. The chant would have builded. Pilate was trying to wash his hands of the whole thing. Pilate was like, but what has he done? He's done nothing wrong. I've found no fault in him. And they said, crucify him. See, this is the prequel to the guards that had their hand out. To the guards that chose the bribe over doing what's right. Death's not pleasing to any of us. But when given the option to do the right thing over death or the easy thing over death, the convenient thing over death, the popular thing over death, they, 
They took the money when they heard the chants. When they heard the governor say, I find no fault. And so they, they, they took this savior. They took him to a public place. They received the bribe in private. Jesus suffered publicly. And they mocked him. And they beat him. And because I know I don't even have the vocabulary to describe the gravity of how it really played out. I know we've got a couple movies out there that did their best to kind of go over the top and kind of go for some shock value. Can I tell you, they didn't get it right? Because when it was all said and done in that scene that we've all seen either pictures of or saw the video when they put the camera, as it were, on the face of quote-unquote Jesus, oh, we still recognized who that was. Your Bible says that when they were done beating our Savior, He didn't even look like a man. And so, as they beat Him, and as they laid two beams of wood on the ground and took the Savior and laid Him on this wood. The guards saw that this Savior didn't struggle. This Savior didn't fight back. This Savior didn't retaliate. Rather, this Savior, like a lamb, laid down His life and he stretched out his arms and right below the palm, right above the wrist, in that little soft place that some of you are touching right now, the guards heard the hammer hit the nail. Oh, again, I was a youth pastor for years, so I went the object lesson route. And the first time I really tried to unpack the resurrection story in front of folks, I had the spike and I had the hammer and I realized it doesn't do it justice. A couple of reasons. One, I don't have a fraction of the strength one of those guards would have had when they lowered the hammer on the nail that had the force to drive that spike through the flesh of the Savior into the wood. And that sound would have echoed. And they did it again on the other side. Then they crossed his feet and right in that soft spot, right, right above your foot, you know where I'm talking about. They drove the spike through his flesh into the wood. They raised up the cross and they would have chunked it down in the hole. Now, some of you felt that. And then we know that the Savior said a few key things when he was on the cross. 
I want to just mention two. He said, Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. And then he said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And the Savior took one last big breath, exhaled, and died. Then this happened. The guards were in the crowd. The guards knew the story. This happened. Behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good, a just man, a man who could reason, a man with logic, a man that had character, a man, he was a good guy. He had not consented to the decision and the deed that they'd done to Jesus. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself he was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And he took it down. Please get this. In all four Gospels it said, and he took it down. It didn't say... He lifted it up as if the cross had been placed on the ground. No, no, the cross was still standing. So Joseph had to get something. We'll call it a ladder. And he had to get on that cross. And he had to somehow release one of the nails, which would have had one of the arms of the Savior. No. One of the arms of the Savior draped over him. Somehow, he had to get his other nail, the other nail out so he was able to dislodge it. And the, he was now in the complete embrace of the Savior. And he took the nail out of his feet. He now had weight of the body. They bring it down. He had a friend joining by the name of Nicodemus. Maybe you've heard of him. John chapter 3. Another another guy that was curious about Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're Curious. Let me tell you what he did for you. When he took it down, he wrapped it in linen and he laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no one had ever laid before. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. So the women came and followed after and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. And then they went back, prepared spices and fragrant oils, and on the first day 
of the week. Early in the morning, them and certain other women with them came to the tomb. When they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, they went in and they didn't find the body of the Savior because He had risen and He is alive. And it happened that they were greatly perplexed by this. Yeah. I said last week, as we prepared for this day, that his own followers never expected him to do what he did. Well, that's why we can't approach this day like any other day. Because you might have been here today upon the invitation of someone else, but you've just ran headlong into the Savior. And you might have thought it was another day. It's not another day. Or you might not have expected to feel the feels maybe you're feeling right now. It's because it's just not another day. It's the day that we're all, with laser-like focus, are zeroed in on the fact that there's a beautiful, wonderful powerful name and his name is Jesus and he rose from the grave and everyone was perplexed and no one expected it and everyone was surprised and the guards the guards the guards the guards knew about the Savior but decided easy way out Do the right thing. Let's pick it back up. They were afraid. And they bowed their faces to the earth. And they said to them. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I need to back up. They were greatly perplexed. And then behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth. The men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but He is risen. He is not here, but He is risen. Oh, please, put yourself in that story. At that moment, hearing those words, He is not here. He is risen. And as long as that is true, and it will be true for as long as eternity rolls, I have hope, and you have hope, and you're never out of options, because He is not here. He is risen. And the guards, the guards, the guards, the dad, the mom, the son, the daughter, the sinner, the saint, the drug addict, the church member, the alcoholic, the prostitute, the church kid, the wayward kid, the married, 
the divorced, the single, the abused, and the cherished. You have a choice. Take the bribe. The followers. All of this has happened, and you've heard the story. You've put yourself in the situation. Let's continue from the perspective of those believers. Let's look at this story from the view of the ones who believed, the ones who followed the pain, the anguish, but then wait. I'm sorry. He's not there. You mean the rock and he's gone? They may not have done it perfectly, They may have been surprised and slightly unbelieving, a little doubtful, but then it happened. And you know what they did? They embraced it. They embraced it. Not perfectly, but they embraced it. Let's look at Matthew 28, verse 16 through 17. Meanwhile, The 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee. Headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshiped him. Some, though, held back. Not sure about worship. About risking themselves totally. Some held back, not sure about fully worshiping. I'm sure they were excited, but Jesus? I mean, I know you said, I, I know, I know, but May I? Can I? Right? They were, they were not quite, but they embraced it. They embraced it. The truth, they embraced it. Let's look at Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Now, put yourself in Jesus' shoes as this is happening. Jesus, undeterred. Imagine, I just have to hang out there for a second. This is Jesus, undeterred. Why would he need to be undeterred? Well, I mean, I'm the son of God. I told you I would die. I told you they would kill me. I told you I would give myself up. 
only as I could do, and then I would come back and stand before you again. Is there room for frustration? I'd say so. I know I'm human and I'm not God. But I stand before you when just days ago you seen me give my life up. And I don't get full on worship. But it says Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. I need you to understand something right here. Undeterred, he went on ahead and gave his charge. His charge for what? He's talking to these people who are not completely and 100% sold out at this point. At this point, what point? The point where he just came back from death after three days. And this is the charge that he gives them. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. Marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this. Day after day, right up to the end of the age. And that's what they did. That's what they did without reserve. In spite of their shortcoming, in, in spite of being in that moment, Jesus, undeterred, still sent them out to do what they were called to do. He was acting in obedience. And what did we get from that? The very next book after this story all goes down is Acts. And in Acts... These men are preaching the word of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, seeing 3,000 and more saved coming to Jesus. Their story continues to Paul, who is transformed from a person killing Christians to a person spreading the word across nations. Their story continues. And it's great. But the guards. Remember we started this whole thing with the guards. The guards had turned away from the truth. They had turned away from the truth. The truth of their personal experience. Their personal experience. No one else's. 
You tell me something, I don't have to believe that. Who are you? How do I know you're not lying to me? How do I know that you don't have an angle or, or some type of side thing that you want me to trust you so that I follow you, so that I give you money, so that you, you get the point. We are not trustworthy. We as human beings, we're just not trustworthy. There always can be another motive. I get it. But when it's your own personal experience, what am I, what am I saying? What am I getting at? Your own, have, have we done this? Have you done this? Have you, like the guards, made a decision to turn away from the truth, from your own personal experience? Have we seen Jesus for who he is? Operating in our lives, operating in the lives of people around us. Have we seen him? I'm not going to allow you to leave this place without answering this question. Have you seen God move? If you have not, please, please tell me. I will understand. I will not judge. If you've never seen God move, then you get a free pass. And I want to be the one to give you that free pass today. If you've never seen God move in the lives of the people around you, then you get a free pass. If you've never seen God move on your behalf, then you get a free pass. But if you have, maybe, maybe you've not seen it, but you've heard of it. Have you ever heard of it? That's a little bit harder. Again, I understand if you've only heard of Jesus healing the sick, if you've only heard of, uh, of, 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 of a, a dead person waking up, if you've only heard of cancer being healed, if you've only heard of, of, of just regeneration of, of life or arms or bodily functions, if you've only heard of this, I understand the doubt, but it, you at least heard of it. Have we done this? I want to ask you a question one more time. And I want to be very plain and clear. Have you turned away from the truth of Jesus Christ? From the truth of your personal Christ experience? and called it a lie or kept it quiet for a bribe? A bribe? Whoa, Pastor Wayne. Nobody's ever given me anything. Nobody's ever given me anything not to talk about Jesus, believe in Jesus, or anything like that. Whoa, whoa. I'm going to have to have a talk with Pastor Jeff because you're, you're, Let's look at that again. Give me the definition, please. 
something that serves to induce or influence. In order to influence the judgment uh, or conduct of a person. You know what? Sometimes there are things that we want to do that we know not quite right. Please hear me. We, I am right in here with you. There are things that we want to do that we know just aren't quite right. And we find ourselves at a crossroads and we're like, I know I'm supposed to go that way. But either, either, either one of these really looks promising. Why do they look promising? Because as soon as you turn just five, just five feet from the corner is the thing that you want. It's right there. Over here, it may be a little bit further down, but it's so much bigger, so it seems so much closer. This one, this one is really far off. Either one of these options when you're standing at the crossroad looks so much better. And you have been told in your directions that going straight is the best option, the fastest option. But it just don't look like it. You ever, you ever took directions from your GPS and it tells you to go a certain way and it says it's the faster way? And you're like, uh, I don't really think so. I, I think I know better. And I'm not saying that the GPS is right because it's not always right because roads change. I get it, but we're not talking about a GPS. We're talking about God the Father. Nothing changes unless he says so. So when he gives you direction, he knows what's coming and when. So there it is. You see the direction in front of you. You should be going that way, but you make a different choice. And when you make the different choice, this is where it's at, right here. When you make a different choice, you have just made a decision based off of a bribe. Hmm? Remember you were supposed to go straight? But you change directions because something looked better here or here. Favor given or promise in order to influence the judgment or conduct of a person. Something that serves to induce or influence. Hmm? This is going to feel good. I know you're not supposed to, but this is going to feel good. This is, going to, this is going to make life so much better. I know you're not supposed to, but it's going to make life so much better. You're going to enjoy this. Bribe. 
Every single day, the enemy's sitting there. Hey, I mean, and we're standing there. No, I don't think so. So then he ups the ante. You ever seen that in the movies? Right? They're like, if you'll be quiet, if you will just not talk about this, if you will give me the, the seat toward the front, if you would just let me slide through a little early. And you're like, eh, it's only five dollars. I'm good. Oh, you need a little something more? Here's a hundred. I know this is tough. I get it. But I need you to understand what you're doing. Because I feel like it's so easy to overlook. I feel like it's so easy to sidestep it. Ooh, it's just so hard to live that way. Bribe. You know if you don't live that way, it'll be a lot easier. Bribe. You know if you just, you know, life, life is hard when you work in an industry where they don't push Jesus. And as a matter of fact, it looked, it's looked down on you because you don't push Jesus. Matter of fact, it's looked down on you because you believe in Jesus. So when you go to work, you decide, life would be better if I just don't talk about Jesus. I don't got to say anything. Bribe. Bribe. I can't do it. I can't let you do what they did. I can't let you witness the power of God in your life or anybody else's and then just decide, no, it doesn't work for me. So, no. It'll make life easier for them. Huh? Oh, yeah. Sometimes it ain't about you. It'll just make life easier on them if I don't. If I'll just, shh, shh. I won't, I won't talk about it as much. I won't push it as much. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you that I'm, I'm looking for you to be pushy. All I'm saying is, is that when you look at somebody, you say, hey, really? I'm, is it really okay? Well, you, you don't, you know, you, you know. Really? Or is that a bribe? Dwayne, you don't understand. I don't appreciate this and I don't like it. They stood at the mouth. Understand me. I'm not mad at you. But I'm very, very, extremely unsettled. Because we just seem to keep doing this over and over. 
we can rewind all the way back to Adam and Eve, and we just seem to keep doing it over and over. And I understand that it's just a part of our makeup. This is the way he made me. But the word says that he will give you an escape. The escape name is Jesus. So I can't stand here, up here, week after week and allow you to stand at the mouth of that cave and see God move and then say, no, not today. Nope. Well, Dwayne, you're being awful judgmental. I am only calling it as it is. And if I don't, you will continue to do what you do with no change in spite of the story we listen to year after year. Jesus dying on the cross. I know it said that, but it's bribe. I get it. I get it. As a Christian, I'm supposed to, but bribe. I've done it. I've been there. I've looked people square in their face and said, I know, but this is what I do. Fully aware. Let me show you what it looks like. Sir, he did a miracle, an amazing miracle. He gave food. He gave money. He supplied. He made sure every need was taken care of. There was nothing they needed. All was good. God met his word on every turn, in every situation. He was who he said he would be. Jesus came. He died. And I'm living today. He's healed me of colds. He's healed me of sickness. He's done all that he said he would do for me. What? If I'll just let it go? You'll give me a new car? Now? Today? I'll get a new job? Now? Today? My kid will be happy? Now? Today? I'll feel good? Today? I'll be able to go and do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it? Today? Okay. Or what? If I don't, what'll happen? Uh, I'll be looked at differently. I'll have to feel bad for what I did. I'll have to ride the bus a little bit longer, work a little bit harder not be comfortable for a little bit longer? 
work harder for my marriage? Work, work harder to train my kid? To teach my kid? I have to sit longer at the computer with my kid? Listen. If you take the bride, you, like them, your story ends. Your story ends when you take the bribe. What? You tell me I'm going to die? No. Life goes on. Absolutely, 100%. Life will continue. You'll get your new car for the day when you give up the video game or you let them, you let them go out with their friends to the movies even if you know they're not going to the movies. They'll be happy. Everything will be golden. It'll all be good. You'll move forward. Anybody, though, anybody in all of this discussion, anybody hear me say anything about the guards following the bribe? Anybody here who's a Bible reader, Bible scholar, or anything like that, hear about the guards after that? They were of no importance. They were, they were of no importance. Life went on. We can imagine how it went. But when you take the bribe, that's it. Unless... Unless you repent. Unless you repent. I'm going to show you repent. I'm doing dirt. I'm doing dirt. I'm doing dirt. I realize my problem. I realize my issue. I realize I'm wrong. So I'm going to stop. That's not repenting. I realize my issue, so I'm going to stop, turn around, and walk the other way. That, if you've never known before, is repenting. One more time. I'm living life. Things are a little crappy. I would love for it to go a different way. And I know I should be going that way. But this way just seems so much more delightful. I like it. It feels good. Makes life easier. But then I remember Pastor Dwayne preaching the message on Easter Sunday. And I don't want to take a bribe anymore. I don't want to be the guards. I don't want to see the work of God happen in the lives around me or in my life and then deny it any longer. I'm done. I know the truth. I'm going to live the truth. I am going to announce the truth. I am going to embrace the truth and I am going to allow the truth to set me free.
so. You've taken the bribe. I'm telling you now, in this moment, it's okay if you repent. So I have one question for you. One last question. What will you do today? Bow your heads for me, please. I have presented you, myself and Pastor Jeff, with all that we could possibly present to you in one setting, in one moment of time. I've given you a lot. And I know that you may never want to come to this church again. <laughs> and I get it. But I am telling you that if you make the decision today to repent and to no longer discard, overlook, or lie about the truth that you know, you will be set free. If that's you, first, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've only heard for the first time what he's done for us. You've only heard for the first time what he went through. You've only heard for the first time that people lied. And you've been hearing this lie circulate for a long time. If that's you and this is the first time you don't know Christ, but you want to. Will you raise your hand? Bless God. Bless God. Okay, so now I want to talk to those of you who, who didn't even know you took a bribe. I want to talk to you who, who, who absolutely knew that you've taken a bribe repeatedly for the sake of an easy life, for the sake of no argument, for the sake of fear. I get it. I understand. I understand the easier life. I understand the fear. I'm telling you right now, I, Dwayne Grant, understand those things. If that's you and you're like, I'm done. I'm done taking the bribe. Would you raise your hand for me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Listen, I am not going to even act like it's easy. Taking the bribe, that's the whole point. It's sidesteps something that you don't want to deal with. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now that when you take that bribe, that the enemy is going to come back another day and he's going to say, hey, if you want this to continue, if you don't want it to get worse, you better pay me. Oh, see, I didn't even, we didn't even talk about that. 
It never ends. When you take a trip down that road, it doesn't end. It gets wider and wider, bigger and bigger, easier and easier. Death, heartache, addiction. Suicide. Listen to me. If you want freedom, I'm telling you today, if that's you, if you're that person, will you do me a favor? And I know I'm asking a lot. I know I'm asking a lot. But will you, as a step of faith, I'm not telling you that coming up here to this altar is going to just absolutely transform your life because you came up to the altar. What I'm saying is, is you're making a commitment to you. You're putting yourself out there for others to see. Why? So that in the hopes that people who love you will hold you accountable. So that somebody else who is watching you will look at you and say, really? That's a bribe. Don't do it. Step away. Walk away. She don't love you. He don't love you. It's not real. Stop it now. If you will come up front here right now, if that's you, I would love to pray with you. And what that is, is it's standing in agreement. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in his name, he would be there. I know that he's here right now, but I know that if you come up here right now, I would love to pray with you. That you would be free of the bribe. That you would be free of taking the bribe. That you would not be tempted to take the bride. That God would give you a, thank you. God bless you. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I've lived this. I have lived this. Can I, can I just be, I want to be just real with you just for one second. I want to be real with you just for one second. I made a decision in my life that affected so many people. And if God was not gracious on me, it would have affected more people than I would have hoped it to. But God... I took a bribe. I took a bribe so that I could feel better about me. I took a bribe so that I could feel better about what I wanted to do in life. I took a bribe so that Dwayne felt good. After all, after all God had done for me, after all I had seen him do in my life, I'm living, I'm walking, I'm breathing. There's so many things that I have to be happy for. My family, my wife, listen to me. I wasn't supposed, my wife wasn't even supposed to have kids. I have five. I understand that that don't mean much to you, maybe. I should have lost family members. I should have lost family members to suicide. But they're here today. Literally here today in this location. I'm not taking that for granted. I'm sorry. I'm not taking that for granted. This is a, this is a gift from God. 
real. And I'm telling you right now, life is not perfect, but I'm free. I'm free of living under that bribe. I'm free. That's why I'm able to talk about it right here. Because I'm free. Make some room if you want to come up further. Come on up here. Lord God, I just come into you right now, Father, and I pray for each one of these people. God, they've heard this word and they understand, I believe that it's real. Jesus. They believe that it's real. They they know who you are. They've seen you move. They've seen you work. They've seen you in their lives and in other people's lives. They know the truth. And God, they want freedom. They want to be set free. They want your truth, Lord God, to set them free. I don't care what it is. I'm telling you right now, I don't care. Here, let me tell you something. I don't care. If it's addiction, guess what? Guess what? I know. I understand that. Yeah. I get it. Do you know Addiction is a disease. It's something, it's, it literally is when your brain gets hijacked. Hijacked by what? It gets hijacked by that substance. I can't stop. They're not lying. They're watching their life fall apart around them and they can't stop. I'm telling you right now, there is only one thing that can transform that. How do I know? Because I heard it. Number two, because I experienced it. I was living a way that I couldn't stop living. And guess what? I was getting away with it. And then when I wasn't getting away with it, guess what? I looked them square in their face and said, this is what I want to do. Because that's what the bribe does. That's what the bribe does. It locks you in. You took the bribe. Because now, guess what? Pastor Jeff, somebody tell you to overlook the fact they just stole $100 out of the offering. Yeah. If you do, they'll sh- scratch that. $500 out of the offering. And if you overlook it, they will split it with you 50-50. Can you use 250 bucks? Yeah, be nice. Yeah. $8,000. 500 just wasn't getting it for me. Is that better? $8,000 comes in the offering from a gift given. Pastor Jeff, if you overlook it, I'll give you 1000 Not worth it. It's not worth it. But if he did... Guess what? We friends now. We partners. Still not worth it. <laughs> the enemy has his direction. He knows where he's going. Every bribe he offers you is just so you will join him there. In the end, his story is over. It's over. Yours is not. Hold on. Yep, you breathing. Yes, sir. You breathing. You're sitting there nodding your head. You're breathing. You're breathing. Oh, yeah. 
You're alive. Guess what? So is he. And as long as he's alive, you're alive. If you put your trust in him, if you repent, I'm telling you right now, but I can't do it, Dwayne. I can't live on my own. I can't live without it. I can't handle it. Ah, that's a lie. Do you know any addicts? Do you know any people who gave up that man, that woman? Do you know anybody who left the job? Do you know anybody? And they're still going today. Yes, you do. Why? Because that's who he is. And if he is that for them, he will be that for you. If you're standing here today, will you bow your head? You can say it to yourself. You don't got to say it to nobody else. Will you do this? Just do this for me. And you can say it in whatever words you want to say it in. You've taken a step. This is not, can I be honest with you? I'm not a fan. I'm just, I hate feeling like somebody pulled me up, egged me on to come up. If I am not here to egg you to come up to this altar, I'm here to encourage you and to cheer you on to be set free from whatever it is that you've taken the bribe. Will you repeat after me right here? And you, or you can just say it in your own words. God, I'm done. I'm over it. I don't, I don't, I see myself going down deeper. I'm lost. I'm lost. It's not got better. The bribe has not made my life better. Actually, it's made every life around me and mine worse. I'm done. Help me. Let him know you're real. Tell him, help me. Help me. I already know the truth, God. Help me to walk in it. Help me to allow your truth to set me free. Please help me. Here's the next part. Here's the next part. God, please show me the how. Show me the how. Listen to me. I am not going to be ignorant or stupid. God can set you free right here, right now. You can walk away today and never care about whatever it is that had you hooked. But I'm going to be honest, it doesn't always happen that way. And when it doesn't happen that way, God will show you. He will give you a plan of operation. Somebody gave me, I prayed that prayer because I, I couldn't do it. I prayed that prayer and I couldn't do it. And I said, God, I need help. Somebody came to me and said, here's your plan. This is what you're going to do. If you do this, things will turn around. Guess what? They didn't turn around as quick as I would have hoped they would have. So then I looked at God and I said, okay, if you will do this for me, 
If you will do this one thing for me, this will help me along the way. And it was basically remove, remove the option. Take away the option and it will help me. Take away the option. Put something in my way to impede my direction and I will, it will help me turn around. God, I trust your truth and I know your truth enough that I will not over, I will not climb over what you've placed in front of me. Because see, that's, that's another miracle. That's another God experience that if you ask him to do something specific for you and he does it, that's a now, that's a now miracle. If you're standing here at this altar, I can almost guess, I can almost guess what your struggle is. I want you to know today, will you please look at me? I want you to know today Here, you've taken a step. In your mind, you've taken a step. You may be like, well, Dwayne, I've taken this step before. I don't care. I don't care. Because guess what? If you're standing on the edge, watch me. If you were standing on the edge, about to go off the cliff and I ask you just to take one step back are you further from that edge than you were before take one more step with me tomorrow listen to me listen to me tomorrow when you wake up this is, this is God. Hear me, please. This is God. Tomorrow when you wake up, will you take one more step with me? Will you wake up and will you say another prayer just like you said just now? God, I don't know if I can do it today. Today the struggle is brand new, but I need your help. Will you, will you look in my eyes and tell me that tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and say that prayer, please? Yeah. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Just wake up and say the prayer for me. Say the prayer for me. We two steps back. We two steps back. I'm going to give you another one. Because I want you to understand how serious I am about standing in agreement with you. Before you leave, if you don't have my phone number, I want you to take my phone number. Do you hear me? I want you to take my phone number. And when the struggle's real, I'm not telling you I'm going to be able to save you. But when the struggle's real and you can't pray that prayer on your own, call me. And I will sit there right on the phone and I will pray that prayer with you right there. You know why? Because sometimes you need somebody who's stronger than you in the moment. If you was falling right now, I can pick you up. I don't know you, bro. But I'm... T can I 
tell you right now it's not me it's not me but it's the God who's in me and I'm telling you something right now I have no doubt about the God who's in me I have no doubt none zero you can go ahead and you can go back to your seat but I'm telling you right now do not leave this place without getting my number if you do not already have it. Okay? And if you hit that struggle and you need a voice, you need a cheerleader, I will be there. I will be there. Pastor Jeff. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for these people who came up. I thank you for these people who had the courage to step out of their seat and to come up. I thank you, God, that these people decided no more. I will not take the bribe any longer. I will not myself deeper into the situation while I think I'm pulling myself out. I will not end my story. I will continue my story. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every person under the sound of my voice, that their hearts are being ministered to. Transformation is there. And I pray that they would embrace it in your truth. Their freedom, their transformation their blessing. It's all in your truth. And I pray that they would embrace it, that they would not turn away from it anymore, that they would not lie about it not existing or not being there. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.